adversity. People will die. People will get sick. People will still get in accidents. But you're going to be able to deal with the situations. You're going to be able to understand what's there. You're going to be understand why things are happening around you. And you know, most importantly, that you take responsibility for whatever happens. You use that wisdom to work forward with it. So whatever happened in the past, these people hate you because of whatever you say, you take responsibility for it. But it doesn't mean that you can't change that. You can't change that and in the future you, you, you practice better. At night, before I go to sleep, I, I pass my well wishes uh, to everybody I know. And something very funny happened because I started adding people to the list that were very unpopular with me. Um, that before I perceived them to be negative people or people that had harmed me. And I added them to the list. And you know what? After that, I didn't have any enemies. I didn't have any bad. Whatever it is has nothing to do with me. But I pass this well-wishing. And so whenever I meet these people, whatever I do, I interact with them very nicely. And, and it changes your, your life. It changes how you think about things, you know, and how you approach things. This is wisdom. And if you understand that, it's because you understand how mind works. Once you understand that, then you're free. This is liberation. You see, it's not so hard. We started from the very beginning with some things that appeared to be very abstract concepts, but now I think that you, you understand how this works, just a little bit. And all you have to do is just keep practicing. Over the week, or this weekend, we're going to utilize this in the methods of meditation to bring your mind to be clear and clearer. The, the ancient masters, they say, one must turn the mind's eye inward, look in, to see where thoughts arise. And this is where our search is. Our search should not be in the phenomenal side. Our search should be from where the thoughts arise. That's where you look to. When you use a Huato, and we'll talk about that a little bit, that's where you look. You look at from where the Huato arises. Inside illumination, you look from where the thoughts are arising. Mind is silent. It's not attaching to thought, and it's illuminated. This illuminating silence is there because you're clear as to what's arising. That's illumination. That's an, an enlightened mind. The only difference is that you just make it last longer. We're beginners, so we can get it for a little bit and then it goes out. It's like in the old days, we used to have these TVs with rabbit ears. And, and you, you'd play with the antenna like this to try to get the station in and you, it would be there for a little bit and then it'd be gone. And you'd have to fiddle with the rabbit ears again. Anybody have that? Now you're showing your age, but that's okay. <laughs> but, but we, we, you know, but that's the practice, is that you're going to be tuned in for a while and you're going to be tuned out. Tuned in, tuned out. It's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard. That's why they call us practitioners. I come up here and I'm very honest with you. I'll tell you, okay, I'm a practitioner. You know, I make mistakes. What I do 
is I just get back and do it again. Shifu, he had us re remember another one, to, um, and that was that a person with a vow to break is a bodhisattva. A person without a vow to break is a non-practitioner. It's very important to remember that, that we have a vow that we're going to do things and generate the power of a vow. Those things come to fruition because of pratika samapada, causing conditions never fail. If somebody says, I'm going to get even with this guy no matter what it takes, I guarantee you that person's going to do some harm to that other person because they put that mind energy in. But likewise, you can put an incredible power of positive mind energy into your mind via vows. And I, I really recommend that each day you recite the four great vows. I vow uh, to deliver innumerable sentient beings. I vow to cut off endless vexations. I vow to master limitless approaches to Dharma. I vow to attain supreme Buddhahood. If you follow the first three, the last one will happen on its own. You just cut off your vexations. You find every moment is a moment to practice. By helping everyone try to deliver them, you spot in them your own weaknesses. And by helping them, you are helping yourself. Okay? Any questions? No questions? All right, then I'm going to give you a test. You thought this was going to be so easy, huh? We're still on time, right? Yeah. Okay. Very easy one. I'll start before with, with a little story called, uh, and this is a, actually a very good book called The, the Mind of Chinese Chan. Anybody who wants to be a Dharma teacher should pick this book up because it, it gives, it follows the lineage and it follows the great masters and, and you can see the evolution and the commonality of, of the teachings from, from the first patriarch all the way through. I strongly recommend this book um, and, and it's invaluable to teach from. Um, but here's one story and it's called Fa, Fa Yung Sin Buddha. Fa Yung led the fourth patriarch, Dao Xin, to his hermitage. There are many tigers and wolves around the hermitage, and Dao Xin raised his hands as if he were frightened. So he went like, like that, ooh. And Fa Yung said, you still have this one in your mind. Dao Xin asked, what did you just see a moment ago? And Fa Yung was silent. So what... One said, you still have this in your mind. What do you th think he was saying? Or what was he hinting at? That vexation and energy. That he was, he was afraid. That, that he was afraid for his, his life because he went like this. You know, ooh. Because he, he says, are there many animals? Oh, tigers and wolves. And he went, ooh. What, how else could that have been interpreted? What do you think? Dao Xin's actions. Sense of self sense of self. How about he was just like like, like somebody would say, I'm going to beat you up, and the guy goes, oh, I'm scared, right? He could have just done testing the other one. And But 
but uh, Fa Yun took the bait. And so he asked him, what did you see a moment ago? He's saying, are you clear about what you saw? You getting it? Okay, so he says, are you clear about what you saw? And then Fayun was silent. After a few minutes, Dao Xin wrote the word Buddha on the rock that Fayong sat on when he meditated. So, so he was meditating on the rock, and, and the, he went up and wrote the word Buddha on the rock. And, 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 um, and Fa Young was, was meditating. So when he came out of the meditation, he saw the word Buddha on, painted on the rock. And, and he, um, Fa Young looked at the word with fright. He went, <gasps> you know, I'm sitting on the Buddha. That's so bad. And um, so Dao Xin said, you also still have this one in your mind. So the idea here is we're, we have to be clear about appearances. Sometimes we see appearances and we're wrong about them. We think some, oh, that person didn't say hi to me. There must be, I hate that person. They didn't say hi. Maybe they got in a fight with their wife that day. Maybe they were just kidding. Maybe there was all sorts of different things, but people were, will um, uh, take them the wrong way. And um, so... So you have to see clearly, and you have to see that if everything is Buddha, everything then there's no fear. There's no fear. It transcends the idea of life and death. But we're we're always afraid. Anybody afraid of dying? You are. That's it. Just one. Well, there's a couple. Uh, slow. The late returns are coming in from the. <laughs> The daily counties or whatever they are. They had to adjust the results there. Okay. Now, this is in an essay called Absolute Contemplation. Um, Dao Xin explains this idea of no mind. And he says, how does the one name the mind and how does one make the mind rest? So how would you name the mind? What would you call the mind? mind and how do you make it rest think really fundamental here very deep you put put your your shifu cap on mindless mindless okay he says you need not create the mind so it's like a rose by any other name would still be a rose right you don't have to you have to create the mind mind is mind and you also need not make the mind rest by force this is real peace this is important because when we tomorrow when we start doing meditation don't make the mind rest by force we make the mind rest through illumination of the mind and by principle by understanding how mind works you make more advancement when the mind is relaxed and not attaching to anything. You'll be very surprised how well you will practice in this way without forcing the mind. I can't stand thinking anymore. I don't want to think anymore. And you're trying to muscle the mind in. Don't do that. Too much energy. Just see clearly. That's all. All right, here's an easy one for you. What is mind? Can we start with that? What is mind? 
This is a hard one for you to figure out. Mind is me? Mind is you? I mean, not this me. It's a, 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 a true nature of me. Um, you can say there are different minds, but I think your question of that mind is a very practical mind. Yeah, it's the self-nature, but there's no you in, in, in mind. It's, it's a true nature of me. No me. Okay, it's a true nature. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Now, keep thinking that way and look into what you, you just said. Just use that to investigate, okay? There, there's nothing that I can tell you that is going to get you further at this point. You need to investigate what you just said. Okay, just keep thinking about it and thinking about it. Just keep thinking, okay, no me, but still something there. What's that something that's there? And this is really interesting because this is what he says. He says, what makes the six organs here, uh, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, <coughs> excuse me, what makes the, <coughs> the six organs able to contemplate is called mind. Now, he didn't say what makes the six organs able to think. He said contemplate. It's different. Contemplation of mind is different. When one is thinking about mind, that's still a projection of mind. But if we just go, there's no me to hear that. It just, the sound is heard. It's just a sound. So one need not have to think about it. Mind is aware. No matter what, whether it comes through the eye organ or the ear organ or whatever, it is, it, mind enables that to happen. And that mind is always on. Little by little you'll, you'll be able to understand this. What does mind do? What do you think? Now, we know that, that there's phenomenal nature that appears on mind, but mind is, is, takes the appearance of a mirror. So what does the mirror do? Projects. Huh? It projects. Reflects. It, it projects? Reflects. It reflects. Nothing more or less than what really is there. There you go. That's how mind works. It just reflects in that way. So the true nature of mind is constantly reflecting. It doesn't interfere and says that somebody comes in front and goes, ooh, no, 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 I want to see somebody else. You're not pretty enough. It just, whatever's there, it reflects it in accordance with, with the nature. It doesn't interfere with it. That's the noumenon aspect of mind. The phenomenal aspect is that which is, which is being reflected. So what does the mind do? The mind is still. It doesn't have to do anything. It's still. It's mind. Sometimes they call it mind king. Why is it mind king? There's nothing that isn't mind. Nowhere could you find that there's anything that isn't mind. What is the substance of mind? This is an easy one. The substance. What's mind made out of? Come on. Mind. There you go. Look, that's an easy one. Mind. 
What is mind made out of mind? What is the primary meaning? Here's my ringer over here. What, what's the primary meaning? Uh, nobody? Come on. Look, let me go back here. What is the substance of mind? Mind is the substance of mind. What is the primary meaning? Mind is the primary meaning. Everything rolls into it. There's nothing that it's not. I remember there was one time when I was at, a, at an event. Um, it was kind of, it was supposed to be an interfaith event, but it was like I was the only non-Christian there, and I was on a on a panel, and um, and the they were somebody asked a question in the in the audience and said, "Well, I know that uh, we can all agree that everything um, returns." Uh, um, you know everything goes back to the one and and he says uh, so how I want to ask you how do you think about that so in other words saying everything returns to God and I said I know <laughs> and and they didn't know really who I was yet and so so I said uh, we have a saying in Chan if everything returns to the one where does the one return to and they went huh and my my son at that time he was probably maybe eight years old and 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 um, so I said yeah think about it think about it and they it was like dead silence and they asked another question right away and I never was asked a question again <laughs> but but uh, th when we were walking out my 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 little son Ananda he he said dad he says dad you know I was going to I, when they said I was going to ask this question you know um, and he said who created God. And I said, that's a question that I asked him. <laughs> and he says, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so the two little Buddhists went out <laughs> into the night. <laughs> but, but the idea is, is mind is the primary meaning. And you've got to look at this in this way. And if you see, it doesn't become so abstract. It, it's relevant. It's particular to this moment. You make it relevant every single moment. The one thing about it is it's very ordinary and mundane. There's nowhere it doesn't touch. And then he says, what is wandering in meditation and wisdom? Ah, there's a wisdom here. The stillness of the mind and the inner nature is meditation. So the stillness of the mind, inner nature, is meditation. And we'll learn about that more tomorrow. Constantly understanding the stillness is wisdom. That's what we're doing when we practice charm. Constantly understanding the stillness. We understand the stillness from understanding mind. We understand mind. All We are not tricked by appearances. Any questions? Yes? Your stillness, you just said, is a particularly during meditation that you have thought it comes, but you detach and let the thoughts gradually go. And in between another thought comes, there is a period of time of stillness. Your mind is still. That is the stillness you are referring to. And at that particular stillness, no matter how long or how short, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, that you gain wisdom. Let me explain it this way. 
since I began talking, I haven't had a thought. That's stillness. Okay. You have to, you have to look into what that means. True, I haven't had a thought. But yet the mouth moves. Why? Mind. Just function of mind. You have look into it and look into it. Don't don't look from the slippers on the top of your head and look at it from the idea of you. Look into mind itself. How how mind functions. Little by little. It'll take you time, but this is just to get you to the door to, to invite you to look in. So it's like you're there and, and, and you're looking and, and I say something and it looks dark out there and you look in. But then little by little the light turns on here and it illuminates that part that you see over here. But before you didn't even know that was there. So you think this is the part that should be illuminated. But it's that that should be illuminated from where the thoughts come from. Once that part's illuminated then you'll see the thoughts coming through. They'll come, and you'll see the door will open, and the Krispy Kreme donut will come in, mm -hmm. and it will be illuminated right away. You'll see it. You know from where it comes from. But the two have to be together. They're matching. Mm -hmm. This is the mind, the phenomenal side. So you don't disregard phenomena. You don't disregard phenomena. Phenomena is part of mind as well. But you don't think phenomena is all of mind. It has to be projected on something, okay? Any other questions? No? No questions? Yeah. Going back a little bit to your analogy of the sky and the clouds, um, I understand that in this analogy, the sky is mind, and the, we mistake the clouds for mind, and the clouds are the thoughts or the phenomena arising. Um, what is it that goes out to attach to those clouds? Is it not also mind, or is it ego or self. What, is that another? Another cloud. Okay. Another cloud. But you take it to be mind. But it's not mind. Because you cannot see it. You, you only see the visible clouds, but you don't see the cloud of, of, uh, of uh, discrimination or vexation or greed or, or whatever type of vexing passion or cleases are appear in mind. You're not aware of them. So you call that to be you. But that you only appears in accordance with whatever is arising in mind. It's not, it doesn't always, it's not always there. But because it happens so fast, you think there's a stream of consciousness. But the, the stream of consciousness is empty. It's illusory because if you speed up the film, because to make things go slow, you have to speed up the film. And when you speed it up, you can see the little gaps in between. And when you see the little gaps in between, you realize that something was formed and then something comes after that. And, as, and I'll talk about that more tomorrow because that's a little bit more detailed. But you begin to see it's like a string, like a necklace. And you see one thing, it appears to be one continuous thing, but you miss the connectors. It's easy to see the big pearl, but you miss the little connectors in between. Those connectors you perceive to be self, but in fact they're not. They're, they're, they are just appearing in accordance with causes and conditions. I like this, I don't like this, based on the fact of what you've seen. Okay? 
Your question is a good question. I, I do want to um, see what I, I, I really understand your answer to me about the stillness. It seems that if you see the thoughts coming, you're aware of it, and you let it go through. And in the meantime, your mind may have nothing, no thoughts. So the moment of you aware of a thought comes, and then go through, and then you have no no thoughts in your mind, and then another thought comes. This whole process is also stillness. Am I correct? Understanding your the, mind. The stillness is, is seeing all the things that arise in mind as phenomenal, and and not not seeing anything, not thinking of anything. How do you think of not thinking it by not thinking? But that you have to, to, to look into what that means by not thinking. One can function without thinking. The idea here is when we say thinking is those connector pieces that we call self. If the connector pieces are there and they call self, then they can mess everything up. So for instance, if, if I'm here and I'm speaking and I have Gilbert here, and Gilbert is, is giving the lecture to you, he might say, oh, you know, that's a hard question. Are you going to answer? How are you going to answer that? Run! You know, or whatever. Different things could happen. Or he may say, I'm, I'm speaking so eloquently, or I'm so intelligent, or I'm so sage-like. And then I can't think of the next thing that comes up or it doesn't flow. Because I'm, I, my mind has now become darkened and, uh, by the illusion of self. But if one simply lets go of that, Whatever you do, you can do it very easily. Uh, I'll give you an example, and, and, and then this is the last one. Goyang Fashe, uh, one of the, um, the uh, elder monks uh, in uh, Dharma Drum, Shifu once gave him the task of moving books from one room to another. And when he gave him this task, Goyang Fashe, all he did was he just moved the books from one room to the other. And then and the last moment, he realized he was putting the, the last book in there. But he realized in the whole process of moving the books, he had no thought. <coughs> he was just simply moving the books. This is the way mind functions per perfectly. There was no necessity to think and say, I can't believe Schiff was making me do this. I'm such a senior <coughs> monk and he's making me do this stupid thing. You know, I never get this. I'm quitting or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, he had no thought. It wasn't necessary. The thought would have only come from self. Look into that and then you'll see. Think about it, come tomorrow, we'll talk some more. Any other questions? Last questions, no? All right. Thank you very much for coming. So if you'd like to come tomorrow and enjoy our program, come and see me tonight, <laughs> or just come tomorrow at our start time, or a little before the start time, and see me to be in the front. Okay. My name's Dan. And tomorrow I'm going to tell the secret of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? 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 What
starts at 9.30. Are you setting up like a meditation tomorrow? Yeah. It's going to be lecture. Uh, we're going to do more meditation on Sunday, and tomorrow is going to be more like uh, filling in a little more uh, advance of the practice of what I taught today. Um, no, we'll probably have cushions, so people can sit on a chair if they want, or they can have they can sit on cushions. So I always give people an option.